Hello. Uh, James, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. That's great. That's great. I love the idea. Your secret's safe with me. I, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I do. Let's keep that secret. <laughs> you know, one of the great things about podcasting is you could be sitting in your slippers and pajamas. Nobody would know. This is James Creesbaum Jr., and you're listening to Tony Lavornia's Legends and Lore Podcast. You know, um, we all strive, at least I strive every day for God's grace, and I'm not perfect by no means. You know, when I go into these things, I need three days. I fast. I prepare myself mentally, physically, and spiritually because I know the fall is going to come. It hits me in all, all ways, man. It's it's people don't that that's the stuff people don't see or know. But believe me, I it's a beating and it wears on you, tears on you. Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast explores the history and tales of ghost stories, mysterious crimes, murders, UFOs, witchcraft, and other occult happenings still thriving in the greater Ohio Valley region of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to take a small trip just across the border. We're going to leave Pennsylvania, something that I do from time to time, but I'm going to talk with a friend today and we're going to take you with us. We're going to go to Ohio and we're going to stop and visit a paranormal investigator who's been working with these things and in these matters for over 30 plus years. Now myself, I've conducted research, as you know, for probably the better part of 26 years. So this man has much knowledge on many different topics that we like to talk about on our podcast. The man you're going to hear from next is none other than Mr. James Creechbaum Jr. of Ohio. James has his own show. You can find it at www.nightdreamstalkradio, and he covers all types of topics. James, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for being on Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore. My pleasure, my pleasure. I don't think I'm that far from you. I'm just I'm about ninety miles from Pittsburgh or so. Hey, that's far enough. That's far enough. I'm I'm glad I'm glad though that you're on with us today because I have lots of questions for you. <laughs> well, I've I've got answers for everything. They might not be the right ones, but I've got the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, my friend. We'll do the best we can. Well, I'll tell you, I am privileged to know this man, folks, and this is why he's done a lot of investigations and i mean he's conducted house blessings spirit attachments dislodgings we're going to go over some of those things today and what those terms mean if you're not familiar james your workload must be incredible how many people do you think that you try to help on a given month well i can give you my 2018 statistics uh, i did 21 investigations i did 10 house blessings i did 10 spirit attachment dislodgings from people and i helped another 46 people from all over the world via um, the internet uh, messenger or phone or, or or skype or however i could so let me understand you can even help people through electronics so you don't have to physically be standing at the spot you're saying with the with the spirit dislodgings attachment dislodgings yes i can um otherwise i can give them a lot of advice of how to 
protect ourselves until we can find somebody that in their area to come help them, you know, to try to, you know, ward things off or keep them at bay until they can get help or uh, information. Yeah. Well, let's start right there because this, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. Now, first of all, how long ago did all of this begin in your life? What was the catalyst? When, 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 at what point did you realize, hmm, a little bit different here? Well, I've always had psychic abilities, but my family to this day, except my sister, they're just, they don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Okay. Even my great grandfather, he, they still talk about him. He was, he was, he was like, a, that, that guy had powers. He was like a wizard or something. I don't know how to describe <laughs> him, but I, I, I mean to tell you. But anyway, you know, when you're growing up, you, in my day in the 70s, you know, it was a young child into a teenager. I didn't want to be bothered with these psychic abilities because even I live in a small town, Ohio. Even now, it's still kind of taboo in a way. But sure. so I tried to, to shelve this stuff. Didn't want to be bothered with it up until, I don't know, maybe I was about 19 or 20 and it came to a head where it just was like uh, I was staying with my cousin in this apartment and every night for about two weeks my clothes would be moved clear across the room and there was this older gentleman there I, i'm pretty much if you had to put titles on on somebody and i hate titles but i guess i'd fall under a psychic medium type and um there was an old man who died there and he would not let me sleep he would wake me up move my clothes every night and he would he would move my cousin's clothes and it came to a head finally after about two weeks. My cousin he would be downstairs underneath the apartment that me him and his aunt lived in mm-hmm. And he would be down there because his future wife lived there, and she was just a girlfriend. He'd be hanging with her all night. Well, about 11 o'clock at night, we'd be done working, and, you know, like, I was about 19, 20, I guess. And so I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep, and it sounded like somebody had, you ever seen them big stainless steel pans, like you can barely put your arms around? Oh, sure, sure. One of, imagine one of those full of a bunch of other stainless steel pans, and the floor in my bed, in our bedroom was uh, hardwood. And it sounded like somebody took them and slammed it right beside me as hard as you could. Let me tell you something. My cousin come running up, my aunt come running in the room, and when they got done peeling me off the ceiling, <laughs> when they got done peeling me off the ceiling, there was nothing moved or nothing. It was it was so loud. It, oh, my God. It, it, I'm telling you, it, it literally scared me out of my bed. I couldn't take it. I had to move out because the old guy there just wouldn't let me he wouldn't let me sleep. You know, he was attracted to me because uh, of my psychic medium abilities. And, and it's been like that. And finally, I had to come to terms with it. Uh, and try to do the best I can with it and cope with it and still try to keep it to the shelf. And I use it throughout my investigations, but, not, you know, and that's what pretty much got me into it. I mean, because, you know, when you're, you're seeing spirits and other people don't, or you can hear them and feel them and other people don't, I see that you're losing your mind or there's something going on here, you know. Absolutely. That was one heck of an alarm clock, you know what I mean, jumping up out of your skin hearing these things hit the floor. I'll never forget it. My cousin still talks about it. He, he, he <laughs> says, remember that? He says, remember that? I said, yeah, I remember. Hello. <laughs> You're like, I was there for it. I recall it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about some of these things. At the beginning of the show, you had mentioned spirit attachments and how you mm-hmm. uh, dislodge these spirits and help them cross over. Can you tell a little bit of our listenership you know what that means exactly to to dislodge these spirits and things. How do you, how does one go about doing that? Well, I can't get into it in detail because it could. It's like give you a comparison. It's like anybody can get behind a rocket and go to the moon, but you wouldn't want to put somebody off the street behind that kind of power because it could be dangerous. You right, know what exactly. I mean? so, yeah. so I can't go into two. But anyway, what you could anybody listen? There are spirits everywhere. Believe it or not, they're everywhere, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, 
uh, people in life are what they are in death pretty much, except the bad ones are a little worse because they've discovered this new superpower where 9 out of 10 people can't see, hear, or feel you. So if you're a bad person from the get-go going into that and you didn't cross over, and now you can be a little bit worse of a person because nobody can see or hear or feel you, we see where I'm going with this. So now sure. say, some, say somebody in life was a drug addict, a real bad drug addict, and they did a lot of bad things to support their habit, and say they OD died or they died, whatever it was, and they didn't cross over. Mm-hmm. So now um, you're in a place, and this, and say you're somebody that's you know you've had addiction problems, or you're on the fence about it, or you, it's a struggle for you. Well, this spirit, if you don't protect yourself out there and know what's going on, and most people don't, they can attach to you, and and they can live vicariously through you. And what happens? You, you'll change your, your thoughts will change, your emotions will change. There's a whole um, gambit of symptoms that you know can happen to you, and it. it it, it can change you, and, it's, and sometimes they're not healthy. And, and it doesn't have to be necessarily bad spirits. Good spirits can attach to you, too. You know, they just, for different reasons, there's a old plethora of reasons why somebody don't cross over, and there's another whole another gamut of reasons why somebody may attach to you. But anyway, if you get a bad one attached to you, it could be unhealthy uh, physically, mentally, spiritually. And psychically, I can tell usually if somebody has them. And I and you know what? Listen, I, I've had two attachments myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to be on an episode of a TV show. I can't give out the show or nothing, but it's, it kind of tells about my attachment and a bunch of other things that happened to me a couple of years ago that really things came to another head again. Okay. But because of spirit attachments, but I can do a little thing with certain prayers and stuff. It, it will dislodge the attachment, and now every time an attachment comes off of somebody, when I get this attachment off of them. Here's what happens to them. They know it right away because they either get nauseous. The person will either get nauseous, lightheaded, almost like they're going to faint. They may get dizzy. They may get wobbly in the knees, totally drained, totally tired, fatigued. And then after a period passes, you know, a couple hours, if they can get some rest, then they feel like a million bucks, man, because they've got this attachment off of them and they can live their life again, healthy again. That is absolutely incredible. The things you're telling us. I mean, it's a lot to take in, as you can imagine. Let me give you an example. I can't give okay. out the names or nothing, but right. um, I had a person I know really well. Uh, they had a drug addiction, and I told him, I said, look, I know you have an attachment. And he's, and I told him, I said, when you're ready, I know you want to quit your addiction, but you're never going to quit until you get rid of that attachment because it, it's making you not quit. It's in your mind making you keep doing drugs. I said, when you're ready, just contact me and we'll do it. A few months went by. He says, I'm ready. Came to my house. We did it. And he was totally ready to pass out. And, I mean, he hadn't done drugs or nothing, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, it really affected him. Boom, he was he was good. He went four months, never did a drug or nothing. But but he didn't do the work to keep it up. Like, he, you know, he still, he... Um, kind of slipped back. Well, he hung out with the bad people, and mm-hmm. they're like walking triggers. That's just a matter of time. But if he hadn't been, he would have still been good. But, you know, that was what was driving him to keep doing drugs was that spirit attachment. You know, I have to ask you, what is it like to have, though, the ability to interact, maybe, you know, understand these things that you deal with? It sounds to me like it could be a burden at times. Is that <laughs> truth to say? That's one way of putting it. <laughs> it. It's all, you know, life can be what you want it to be. It's about choices. And choices mm. have consequences. So, it's what you want it to be and what you make of it. It's as simple as that. I know that sounds cliche, but it's really true. I, I could, you know, yeah, for years I ignored them. And, you know, 
my life wasn't any easier. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it came to a head and uh, that kind of episode I did kind of show that I, I, you know, I just took the bulls by the horns and my life's way much better now. I, uh, you know, I'd rather be driving the plane that's going to crash than just sitting in the back seat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you would rather be the pilot than the passenger, right? Yeah, right. I understand right. that. I can understand that. Hey, well, tell us, what's one of your favorite cases? Uh, I can tell you a funny one. Um, back, and this is way back. This is back in 1988, 89. I, I was working on the East Coast, and I knew a, uh, a, somebody that lived over there, and he was like my scout because every weekend I'd go and I always investigate by myself. I was alone, I mean, for years by myself. Mm-hmm. So, and, and uh, on, I'd do it on the weekends, and I'd work through the week. And I had these three guys working for me, and, and they knew what I did. They always kind of made fun of me and stuff. And thought, you know, they were tough guys and all this. And I said, okay, <laughs> okay, you tough guys. We're going to go to this place. This place was called Barra Hack. It's in Connecticut. It's been a ghost town since the 1600s, okay? And the only reason you can't go there today, I think it's privately owned, but this back in 88, 89. And we went there on a weekend. You had to find it by a certain tree on a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere, and you had to hike another mile in the woods to get to it. Why time so so when we got there, and I'm a backwoodsman, you know, so I, I had no problem finding it. So I timed it when we got there, it would be just dark, you know what I mean? So we're getting right. there and I'm getting into it and uh it was pretty much nothing in the middle of nowhere except foundations, but it was it had a spooky vibe to it, let me tell you. So we're there and it's dark and all of a sudden here's these ungodly noises from the woods. I mean just bone chilling, hair on the stand on your end noises. <laughs> I turned, I knew what it was because I, I grew up in the woods here in Ohio. So I went, I turned around to tell the three guys and all I seen was their backside just running. <laughs> I mean, they are running like Forrest Gump. I mean, out of the woods, gone. So what it was, was it was near rut season and the deer were rutting. They were making some ungodly noises, these deer. <laughs> but that's, what, that's what they heard. But I investigated myself there for about an hour and I heard, I got some good EVPs. There was a lot of stuff. See a couple shadows. Anyway, I hiked myself back they're in my truck with the truck doors locked in, in there. Like, you guys, seriously? Yeah. They learn firsthand that this isn't for the faint of heart, this type of uh, lifestyle, I guess you would say. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they wouldn't go with me anymore after that. He was done. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, James. Let's talk about your your radio show, your podcast show that is on now. Tell us a little bit. Um, do you enjoy doing the work over the air? Oh, yeah. I, I love my radio show. It's on uh, Night Dreams Talk Radio. I love it. I bring guests on from all fields of the paranormal, from cryptids to UFOs to spirits. I uh, bring on mediums, investigators, what, you know. And my whole ploy to even doing it, I, I love it. And I and maybe somebody listening could listen to something that one of my guests said that could help them, you know, with par- some of the paranormal problems in one way or another. So that's why I, I got into it because that's basically what I do is I try to help people with paranormal problems the best way I can with the best knowledge I have. Sure. And that's understandable. I think in the same way, we all try to do just that, try to reach out to those who sometimes are often, well, let's say overlooked or, or chastised by society for something that, you know, they've encountered. And I, I don't know that that's uh, that that ever goes away, but you at least try to help the people the best you can. Right. And, and listen, if I can't do it, I will try to find somebody in their area that can. And, uh, you know, I just don't never I never tell nobody no. I mean, if I can't do it or if I can't get to their house, I'll try to find somebody in their area if I can. Absolutely.
This podcast is made possible through funding from the Rusty Gold Brewing Company. When people ask, hey, Tony, where do you go when you want to grab something to eat? When you're not chasing down ghosts, monsters, and things that go bump in the night? My answer is always the same, folks. I go down to Rusty Gold Brewing Company, 43 West Pike Street, Cannonsburg, PA. If you want a great meal, a great price, and a fun atmosphere, go down and see EJ at the Rusty Gold Brewing Company. They have wonderful hamburgers, french fries, hot wings, and they always pair it off with great shareables and IPAs. Some like the Widget Salesman, a great Irish stout, or perhaps you prefer the 1802 Cream Ale. But whatever you like, you're going to love it. So remember, Rusty Gold Brewing Company, 43 West Pike Street, Cannonsburg, PA. At what point do you think in your life did you decide this is what James Creechbaum Jr. is going to do? This is how I'm going to help my fellow man. That I'm going to open myself up, that I'm going to put myself on the line and step into everything that you do. Um, probably 25 years ago, uh, somebody I know, they was messing with some stuff they shouldn't have been and uh they got kind of more than an attachment they got pretty much possessed and oh my and i yeah i took the bull by the horns and, and it took me and two other people five hours but we finally got out of them and i mean it was from that point on because before that i'd already had probably um eight to ten years of experience of investigating and studying everything i could study and 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 trying to learn from everybody i could learn so it was kind of like you know what uh, my faith strong and I, I can do this i don't seek that out but if i can help somebody in any way i, I try to help them so that's what i've been doing now i've had a few uh throughout the years like when i got married and had a kid i, I kind of slowed way down uh especially when my 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 wife's deceased now but when we first got married i'd bought in some books and i bought five books from this mansion down in newport from millionaires mansions and they were witches books and they were 150 200 year old books like the real deal books and these books had attachments you know and um oh yeah i kept them in a safe but the house <laughs> house i lived in was so noisy with these attachments that i i couldn't even keep them at bay and and she said look you're gonna have to get rid of these books because you know we're gonna have a kid and stuff this, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't kosher she said, you know this is so. not going to work like this <laughs> right so i got rid of the books to a collector that collected books and i knew he wouldn't get rid of them because if they fell into the wrong hands they could be dangerous i'm just saying but so that's pretty much how i got into it and then, then more into the nine later 90s i was into it more heavy off and on throughout the years but i've always been into it. it's like you never get out of it you know sure you you kind of grow and change with the times as things go by right and i've noticed today it's a lot more acceptable than it was way back in the 80s and 90s that's for sure i definitely have to agree with that i think people were somewhat a little bit open-minded to things that don't quite fit into neat boxes anymore and i think also in this field today that people open up a little bit more about it they're a little more open yeah right and that you know and another thing um there's a lot of people want to do this for a hobby and i gotta say don't, don't do it for a hobby because you listen you never know what might follow you home if you're not protecting yourself properly or or whatnot this is no joke you shouldn't just take it as a hobby if you're going to do it you need to study on it try to find a seasoned investigator see if you can you know uh go with them and even just don't get involved but watch everything they do and get all the information you can get you know 
right, folks? If you want a hobby, uh, go find some uh, canvas, perhaps oil painting, make happy trees, go to the hobby store, perhaps purchase balsa wood, make some model airplanes, something a little bit, uh, something that won't cost you your soul or perhaps um, everything that you have. Yeah, because I, I can't count the, the number of new investigators that I have helped because they just didn't realize there's a lot more to go into this and a lot more preparation that needs to be taken seriously than just, hey, let's go this weekend, grab a Ouija board and go in this old haunted house and stir things up. That's, that's not a good idea. I'm glad you actually brought up the Ouija board. I think it's a very dangerous thing. What are your feelings? I can write a whole book on that, actually. But <laughs> listen, in my world, I know people say, you know, it's mind moves and all that stuff, and there's all kind of theories. But I'm just saying, in my world, it's stay away from because here's the thing I, I wrote a metaphor for uh, playing with the Ouija board, and it goes something like this mm-hmm. If you had a shark and you could stick your arm down that shark's mouth and tickle its vocal cords, so it would talk to you. But when it talks to you, it's not going to tell you nothing but lies, nothing but lies. Now, in that process of doing that, if you accidentally trigger its gag reflux, it's going to bite your arm off. and You could bleed out. You could die. Your whole life's going to be wrecked. Ask yourself, is all that worth it, knowing that it's all lose-lose? Because that's basically the same situation with a Ouija board. Because if you're talking to spirits, they're all what is known, most psychic mediums, I'll tell you this, they're lower-level, lower-vibration spirits that are just waiting uh, picture them on the other side of a door waiting for somebody to open that door and they're going to all come rushing in and they're going to do nothing but lie. They're going to tell you what you want to hear and lie to you. It's all lose-lose in my, it's in my world. But Well, I'll tell you what, that is one hell of an analogy. I think I like that one, the, the open mouth shark. I've never heard anything quite compared that way. That's a very interesting analogy. And there's another thing I always tell people, if you're still going to go through with it, knowing all that, and you have a family and all this, how high of a level of your self-centeredness are you going to let take over to put your family in danger? You need to step back and think about these things, you know, because this stuff just doesn't affect you. It usually starts with your family and works its way up to you. That's a good point. We have to think of the people who are also involved and the people who are close to us that could be affected by the choices that we make. Yeah, well, let me ask you this, James. I know recently um, we had spoke a little earlier on the phone. Um, there was a case, and obviously it's an ongoing case, so I understand there's um, certain informations and things we can't speak about on the podcast today, the details, but um, you were actually called in by another team in order to help uh, with this particular um, entity. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Can you share yeah. some things with us? Yeah, I can't get into details, but I can give you enough that you will get the idea of what was going on. And here's the thing. Um, I'm actually at the point in my life where I'm trying to not do so many things. We're facing like what I call real evil incarnate. I mean, real evil stuff, stuff that is real bad. And this was a real bad one. And I had one back in August 5th. I did too. But every time I face these real bad ones, there's always, and here's people don't realize there's always fallout. Like I have fallout. You wouldn't believe and I have to deal with and put up with. And this one had fallout too. And, uh, but like it was five minutes before I'm to leave to go do this. <laughs> I just, just say somebody real close to me, uh, totally dumped me and kicked me in the curb for no rhyme or reason. Let's put it like that. Okay. So I, somebody in that, your life, somebody, a special yeah, person so, in your life. So, exactly. Real okay. close. Okay. So that was one. So I handled that. It, that was, that was how evil was trying to distract me and throw me off my game. That's before I ever got to the house. 
five minutes for him to go to this house on a two-hour trip to get there. So now that's on my mind. So I've got to put that aside. So now we get there. And also the other follow I've had two or three friends who no rhyme or reason just turn on me, defend me, block me, and will have nothing to do with me for no reason. And there's other things like I've got – I want to go into, but there's a lot of things that happens. It, it, it comes at you in all different ways, and it's rotten and awful. But I, I'm used to it by now, but it still, you know, it still makes you shake your head like, wow. But anyway – it was all worth it. I'm going to tell you why. I, you know, I sacrifice a lot. I lose a lot of friends, a lot of close ones, a lot of loved ones. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, that day I seen a family of eight at the end of the day, and I and you know a couple people was there. You can ask them to validate what I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of the day, the ray of sun that was carrying God's love came through that window. I, I am totally dead serious. It came through that house. Evil left that house. It was, listen, it brought a tear to my eye. That family smiled for the first time in years. The house lit up. It was a it was a magical, beautiful thing. They had four portals in there that I found, and they were inner portals, so I closed them up. That took some doing. That took a lot out of me, too. And, um, you know, it wasn't was something you just go in there. It was there all day taking care of this stuff. And it, it takes a lot out of you. I mean, it really takes a, a toll on me. But the beautiful thing was uh, that family was smiles, that the evil was gone, and it was it was a beautiful thing. You know, that's a powerful, a powerful thing that you just said there that, you know, you were able or you feel you were able, you know, to put a smile on their face after this. How how do you walk away with that? I mean, uh, you know. And here's the thing. It really wasn't me. It was I was just a vessel with my knowledge and, and, and my abilities with God using me and the help of that team. Mm-hmm. And, and plus the family has to they've got to be proactive into it. So everything came together. And that's what it takes. It's not me at all. I, I don't take credit for nothing. It's not mm-hmm. me. I just happen to have knowledge and and some abilities, and I use it. And, and I like the people. vessel. You're like the vessel, that's the it. tool that, uh, which, that's which it. is used. That's it. And it was a team effort. We all came together. We had, it took all of us to do it. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just a team. It wasn't just a family. It took all of us. And we had to all come together and believe and do this. And, and it was a beautiful thing, and, and it worked out. You know, there's a powerful message and lesson in that. It took all of us, you said. I find that very interesting. It took all of you together. It, it did. It took all of us together to come together and and to get this done. It did. It took the family. They had to do certain things and, and get their life back together, and they did. They they did their part. The team did their part, and I did their part. And we all did our part together as a team, as a whole, the eight and four and me. And I'm telling you, when God came through that window, it was like somebody turned a light switch on, and the whole house just felt so loving and peaceful. It was magical. It truly was. I'll tell you, that is just something, what, what you've said there. Well, tell me this. Who does James Creechbaum Jr. look up to regarding like this field and the things that you're involved in on a daily basis? Is there somebody that you kind that James Creechbaum Jr. turns to and says, you know, this is what I want to model myself after, or this person's a good influence in my life? You seem to take a beating for some of the things and the people that you go to help. So it just makes me think, who does James Creechbaum turn to when he needs to take a breath? I actually don't have anybody to turn to. I turn to God and that's it. But I mean, well, that's something far, right there. I mean, that's, that's that, nothing that's to turn away. I mean, that's nothing no, little. Like, you know. 
you know, um, we all strive, at least I strive every day for God's grace, and I'm not perfect by no means. You know, when I go into these things, that's why I, I, I couldn't go right away to help this family because I need three days. I fast. I prepare myself mentally, physically, and spiritually because I know the fall is going to come. It hits me in all, all ways, man. It's, it's, people don't, that, that's the stuff people don't see or know, but believe me, I have, it's a beating and it wears on you, it tears on you. But, and I know that the Warrens, they basically did the same thing, help people and they took a beating and I, I can relate. It took, it takes a piece of you, you know, and as far as other people, I, I mean, I, I love what Nikola Tesla did, Ted Williams, Arthur C. Clarke, just to name a few. I mean, they weren't really in the paranormal, but they were. As far as role models, I thought they were decent people. Mm-hmm. That that actually brings me to the other part of that question was, if there's one person in the field today that you could meet, who would that be and why? I It's hard to say. I mean, I don't really look up to anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I think we're all equal. That's why I don't really get into the celebrity thing. I've met many celebrities. They don't do much for me. They're just people. But, I mean, I, I, I probably... Probably John Zaffis, maybe, because of, um, I'd like to pick his brain. I know he's very knowledgeable, and he's been around, and he knows a lot of stuff. And I think we all can learn something from him. And that's probably who I'd like to meet, maybe. Well, I'll tell you, I think you're a very good man, James. And, you know, I don't think I'm alone when I say I appreciate the fact that you're trying to, to help people the best you can. I wish you the best of luck with Night Talk Radio. Go ahead, give yourself a plug on here so that uh, people can reach out to you on your show. Uh, which I believe airs weekly, correct? Yes, it's weekly. Now, I'm going to revamp. I'm taking the rest of the month off. I'm going to revamp starting in April. It's going to be on a different day. I'm not sure which day it is yet, but it's on Night Dreams Talk Radio. That's www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. It's free. doesn't cost anything. You can listen to all of my past shows or uh, Gary's shows, Gary uh, Williams, and his show's on Monday through Friday from uh, 10 o'clock, Eastern time till midnight every night. And he's got great guests, par- covers the paranormal. It's a paranormal uh, network. And uh, I love doing it. James, are you going to be at um, any type of uh, either ghost or paranormal events coming up um, in the next few months, like any physical events or shows? Yeah, that's funny you ask that. You know, over the over the years, I've been asked many times, and it always seemed like when I go to go that a, a case will pop up that I, it, it's because I put Kate, people's families lives ahead of going to these paracons and stuff i just do mm-hmm. uh, to me it's more more uh important than going there so i've always <laughs> missed them for <laughs> some reason but i am looking to go to a bigfoot one i think it's in june or july it's in pennsylvania actually oh looking maybe to go to that one but okay. i don't know yeah i'm I, i'm i'm looking to go to one in, in may in mansfield reformatory okay. i'm planning to go no i'm planning to go <laughs> but that doesn't mean I, I'm telling you, it always seems it has always happened. Somebody's called it's in a dire situation and I, I end up missing because I've got to go help somebody. Sure. And that and that does happen. It presents itself from time to time. There's nothing you can do. But um yeah, I know there are some um as you mentioned, there are many different uh different things that do happen and come up in front of shows and events. But uh I'm definitely gonna keep my eyes peeled for you because I'd like to get the opportunity to Meet you in person someday. Yeah, you might meet me at the Bigfoot one in Pennsylvania. It's, I think it's in your, near your neck of the woods, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. We'll I know there's a Bigfoot barbecue event, I think, coming up. It's probably in June or July, maybe. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, because I'm supposed to, uh, I think it's camping and, and uh, uh, investigating out in the woods. Okay. 
for three days. Well, so. we're, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for James Creedsbaum Jr. because I don't think this will be the last we get to talk, you and I. Well, James, thank you again for joining us and being such a great guest today on the show. And uh, we look forward to uh, reaching out to you again in the future. Well, thank you very much for having me on. And always, I always look for your stuff, always like your stuff, read your stuff, listen to it. So we're on the same page. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You bet. Listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. This concludes our.